Welcome to our second episode of Live, Laugh, Love, Real Estate, Conversations with Lisa Loveland and Costa Hansis. Today we, well, every episode we want to try to do something a little bit different. So we are doing this episode from our new listing in the South End at 96 Pembroke Street. And we had a fantastic open yes. house today. My God, it felt like we Beautiful. were throwing a party. Um, and I've got to say, it's been a long time since we've had that kind of traffic and energy through an open house in the city. So um, that kind of leads us into two things. One, we want to tell you about this property. And two, we want to talk about the market pickup. So why don't we start with the property? It is on one of the most coveted streets in the South End. It's picturesque, tree-lined, brownstone, Victorian neighborhood. It is a three-bed, three-and-a-half bath, three floors, two full direct-access parking spots, and it's just, it just has a great feel. It's, it's warm and modern, if that makes sense. So it's not stark, and it's not brand-new construction, but it's really solid, and it has a really good right. flow, and you just want to hang out here. Oh, and yeah. that's why we're doing the podcast from here. Um, the property's listed for uh, $2,899,000, and we would love to show it to you. So um, let's talk about the market. Uh, both Costa and I were here, and it was a later afternoon open house on a Saturday. We are doing one on Mother's Day, but we figured we'd do it on Saturday as well, and we had a steady flow of traffic. It was awesome. With not looky-loos, with people who were really interested, had good comments. Um, a handful of them uh, were just starting and weren't attached to real estate agents. So, selfishly, <laughs> we like that. Hey. <laughs> got to do what you got to do. Yeah. So, I think we both came in here today with a great mindset. Um, and as we talked on our last podcast, energy matters attitude matters Absolutely. and it 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 penetrates into how people feel when they come into the house as we said last time we can't sell the house but we can certainly make it engaging and entertaining and make you want to stay here a little bit longer so that you notice things and you remember how it felt when you left um so so we're it's it's, it's exciting um now i want to compliment costa and I'm going to have him talk about this, but he just had a big accomplishment yesterday oh, too. Yeah. He, and he'll talk about it, but he just finished this out. It's called 75 hard and it's a very difficult uh, mental workout and physical workout. And it's, it's life changing. So Costa, tell us a little bit about what it is, what it was rather, and what you got out of it. For sure. So thank you for, first of all, it feels crazy to be almost, I was, uh, recording a little clip from my vlog yesterday and I was talking to the camera and just saying that it almost feels surreal. I was on my second workout of the day. So first off, give a little background of what 75 hard is. There's five critical tasks. It was created by Andy Frisella, who's the CEO of first form. It's a supplement company. They do a bunch of cool stuff. They as well have their own podcast, but he came up with this program called 75 hard. There's five critical tasks. One of them is you have to drink a gallon of water a day. This is all for 75 days, gallon of water a day, read 10 pages of a nonfiction entrepreneurial business type of book, two workouts a day, at least 45 minutes. One of those has to be outside. No matter what, 
no matter the weather, snow, of course, as he says to you, don't be an idiot. If it's lightning out and there's a chance of dying or a tornado, don't work out outside. <laughs> Depends how far you want to push that. But one of them has to be outside no matter what. No cheat meals. You have to follow a diet, no specific diet. And that's the big key right here is with 75 hard is it's not a fitness program. This is not like a eight week like program in terms of lifts. There's no dedicated exercises. It's just 45 minutes two workouts, 45 minutes. You can do whatever you want, walk, hike, ride a bike, snowboard, ski, wherever you are, 45 minute workouts, no matter what. And the main thing too, is people get this kind of confused with it, but everybody thinks it's more of a physical program because they see the physical transformations and the progress pictures and the, the before and afters, but it's really, and it's marketed as a mindset challenge. I think I uh, mentioned all of the five critical steps right there. I think I might have left out. Oh, and the, the last thing is you have to take a pre- progress picture every single day. It doesn't matter what time, but for the 75 days you take it. And if you don't do any of those critical tasks, they say one day you don't read 10 pages or you mess up, then you have to go back to day one. Well, that's enough to motivate me. <laughs> I like to get to the finish line. Yes. That, and the, the biggest thing too is I, I was talking to some friends and one of the biggest questions was, did you ever feel like quitting at some point? And selfishly, and I don't mean this in like a confidence kind of cocky way or anything like that, but I I said without hesitation, told them absolutely not. There was no chance I was going back to the beginning, especially just, I set out to do this. I'm someone that like, if I set out to do something, I'm going to do that. And especially since I posted on social media, YouTube and different things like that, it was like, I can't let down everybody else watching me. I look like an idiot (laughs) I told too many people about it. I got to stick to my word. (laughs) Exactly. And I think that's, people say what they want about social media. That's one of the biggest things. You put yourself out there. I've noticed in terms of the YouTube vlog and just Instagram, different things like that, as I share my life there and different things there, it feels as though I have to do what I say now too. And the big thing what 75 Heart taught me mainly is you gain confidence. Everybody wants to know how do you get confident? So do you do this, whatever you're doing, talking to, going up to somebody at the bar, just in, in that respect or just business, anything like that. How do you build confidence? And what I tell people and what Andy talks about and a lot of people in the space success space mental mindset space say it too but you build confidence by keeping promises you make to yourself yeah and i wrote that on the front page of the i had a little journal where i wrote like checked off the boxes and filled in the boxes actually it was cool it's a supplemental thing too i could put something in terms of the podcast i'll put a link to 75 hard here or something like that mm-hmm. so you guys can go see what it is and figure that out too it was cool they had a little checklist you can do but i wrote on top of that this no joke i forget where i i wrote it this i forget the actual words but it was I wrote something like, you're doing this to prove that if you accomplish this, you can do anything. Right. When you have the, com- when you accomplish something that you set out to do based on your own needs, not somebody else's expectation of you, and you finish and you feel good about it, it's a natural confidence builder. Oh, yeah. And it, it, it makes you want to do more. But it also makes you f- feel you're not chasing this dream. You know, when you set out, I'm, I'm starting here and I know how to get from A to Z and you get from A to Z within the time frame you set out, that's awesome. It gives you the confidence to set, a, set another goal. Right. Um, and it puts you in, in the right type of mindset for change. I mean, if we look at, um, you know, we, a lot of this podcast is about relating real estate to real life. Yep. Um, and look at the people, all the people that we came, that came through here today. Everybody was in change. Somebody was pregnant. They were starting a family. A lot of them were empty nesters and were downsizing from the suburbs. So this whole, oh, my God, everyone's fleeing the city. You know, we've known that's not 100% true in our market. People are leaving the city, but 
we've been waiting for that to happen for a long time, to free up that inventory. We were waiting, geez, you know, when these families come together and they have their first kid, they'll probably leave the city. And then they have their second. Yeah. And they're still here. Oh, yeah. So inventory never opened up. So those families are, in my opinion, I think what we've seen, are the families that have been moving out, had one foot out of the city into the suburbs anyway. And COVID kind of pushed that along. So it's actually a very healthy uh, change to the market because it's opening up that, um, that movement that we haven't seen in the last seven years. And it was interesting to see, um, you know, empty nesters coming in and not wanting an elevator building. I mean, this is three, it's a high stoop building. It's a high stoop street and there's three levels. And not one person over 60 had any problem with the stairs or any questions about it. Um, so I, I like that attitude just because I think it's a healthy attitude. Me too. Um, and it was good to see the, the diversity of people coming through that had a need for a three-bedroom. Absolutely. I think the funniest part was, too, is we had a, before we even started the open house, we knew we were filming this podcast, but <laughs> I had everything in, in the car, and I was like, oh, do I want to take all this stuff up and have it set up somewhere, put it in a closet? Um, and I didn't, and we were just like, just leave in the car, we'll get it after. And towards the end, I think it was like 25 minutes left of the open house, Lisa was like, probably won't get too many people after this, so you just might as well bring it up. I was like, yeah, you're probably right, I'll go get it. As soon as I got it, put the backpack down, I was about to like move something over there, somebody at the door, after that, somebody yeah, else. Yeah, we had like 10 more people, <laughs> we had 10 like people come through. Crazy, we were joking around saying that that's the way it works too, but it's like all about energy, as you just said too. You manifest the energy, as, as weird as it sounds too, but same thing with me in terms of 75 hard, like, a lot of people say certain things about this is going to happen or this, you're going to feel like this is a different person, but it's true. And it's crazy. It sometimes doesn't feel like that when you're in your own life. I think we, we struggle to, when we see something in a movie, it looks like so dramatic and so amazing. But when it actually happens to you in real, real life, you're like, Oh, it wasn't it like it's on the movies. It's just wake up the next day. It's a different day too, but definitely energy. As we talk about, Lisa's huge into energy. And it's some of that kind of, I haven't really thought about it too much in detail, in terms of, I just like felt, oh, this energy is that, but I never like connected the dots. Right, because we don't stay present long enough. Right. Because we're so wanting to get from A to Z that we forget about, we, we're interested in the destination, we don't take into account the, the journey. And that's why some people are, are just never content or satisfied and don't realize all that they have accomplished um, because you can't be present enough and be in the moment and appreciate and witness what's going on. Right. And when you can do that and slow your internal swirl down, um, doesn't mean you have to slow down your life. I mean, we've, you know, busy can be good, but busy for the right reasons and at the right pace. Um, and and you're, you're, you're much more open to listening. And if you're open to listening, you hear Yes. And you are aware and you're self-aware and you come across as caring and hopefully that's genuine. And, and, and you recognize opportunity. And I don't just mean opportunity in a, in, oh yeah, that person's going to buy or oh yeah, this person might want to sell. But when you're really listening, people like to be heard. And then they, again, what we talked about in the last podcast, it's trust. All this stuff pile, you know, folds on top of, it, of itself and just makes for a more maybe authentic experience. Um, I don't know. I, it definitely was in the air today. It was, it was an exciting, really exciting afternoon. 
Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to describe, but you just know it's the feeling, you know, it. you can just sense it. And it almost feels as though when you're in that up chipper mood and you're really like excited about to, to go about the day, good things happen. And there's the same thing here. We were like, let's bring the energy and we literally said it. And then, and then it go. came and it was, you, know, you could tell everyone was smiling, even with their masks on, everyone's eyes were twinkling. Right. I love that. But going off what you said too, uh, it's funny that you mentioned that maybe it was on purpose or not, but we did a post yesterday on Instagram, various across Facebook, Instagram, and it was about our mission statement. We talked about that, but it was specifically about listening and the importance of listening. And in that post, we kind of talked about how if you're not, everybody wants to search for the answers, especially when you're, you're listening to somebody and you're speaking to in, in a business sense to clients and, and you have a client in front of you, you're always trying to think, okay, they said that. Or the, the standard way of people think to think is like, if they said something, okay, what am I going to say to them? They're speaking. And then you, you wander off into a different area. You're like, how am I going to respond to that? Okay, they mentioned that. Oh, I don't know the answer to that. And then when it comes time for you to speak, you just say stuff that doesn't even make sense because they just spoke to you, but you weren't actively listening. Right. And, and, the, the, and everybody has their own process. Right. And we, like I just interjected with you. I mean, sometimes that unfortunately happens. <laughs> yeah, but it flows, it flows together. That was a good place. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah <laughs> if I had just listened to you. Um, but if we jump in before someone has a time to finish their thought, it, it takes a long time to figure out what they need or what they really want. They're eventually going to get that across either to us or to somebody else who, who will listen. I had these clients this morning before this open house, and um, they're great guys. And it's so funny, I, I, I worked with them um, as a rental at the beginning of my career. Wow. And they reached out a few years ago, and then uh, we didn't do anything. And, and, and now they're back. Um, and uh, I met his partner, and they're, like I said, they're, they're great guys. And they're looking for two really different options. One is, you know, a house in the suburbs that's kind of mid-century mid modern, and, or something in the city. So com two completely different right. fields. And there is nothing that I can say to convince them of either or. So you just have to listen and you have to go along with their process and you have to let them figure it out. And that takes some time to figure out and, and what kind of lifestyle is most suited for them. So they were going out to see something in the suburbs uh, today at an open house and we saw something in the city this morning. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they felt right. when they were in the heart of the buzz of the city and then they went out to the quiets of the suburbs. So to do that one after the other will be interesting to see what their feedback is. Definitely. And as you said too, like the answer, it's just, they have to take their time and they'll get to the answer. People, and I think a common thing is in, in relationships, and you can relate real estate to a lot of things, especially relationships too, as we talked about in the post too, is the same goes in any relationship. If you're always thinking about the right thing to say, you never listen to somebody actively. And if you just listen to them in the first place, they probably would say the answer if you didn't interrupt them or try to be so right all the time too. And it, the truth is that most people, when they, when they come to you to, to talk to you about something, if something's bothering them, something's going on in their life, they just want to be listened to. They don't want you to, I used to do this. I made the mistake of it in the past too whoever the person was speaking to me, always trying to think of like what to say back to them. But the answer was that they didn't need an answer back to them. They just wanted somebody to listen to them and so they could get it off their chest. They could really just vent out their problems. They didn't need right. somebody to say, okay, you do this and analyze that and say, okay, because of that, I think that is why it happened. Maybe at the end, of course, that's fine to do that, but you just want to be listened to. Right. Most pe That's right. Most people don't want to be told what to do. Right. People like to go, uh, 
People like to go shopping with friends. They don't like to be sold. <laughs> Ryan Sarhan. <laughs> right. I don't know if he was even the first one yeah, that said that, but he always true. talks about that too. But same thing there in the conversations too. They just want to need somebody there. They don't want somebody to always be like, all right, did you make a decision yet? Or did you do this? The same thing as real estate too. It's of course, and as you speak about Lisa, a lot of the times too, when you're taking clients out and this can apply to a lot of stuff too, you're always acting, asking them after they're done, say we, we take a look at, whatever clients are they're looking, say they're looking to South End, for example, and so somebody comes into here, and if you're an agent or anybody along with them as support, after you want to ask them questions, okay, what did you think about this? What did, did you like this part of it? So you can understand them better. You're not just right. asking them questions right. to ask them questions and have them make a decision. You're trying to understand better. Yes. And same thing in relationship. If you're asking questions to get maybe on a more of an understanding what they're thinking about instead of just trying to think of the right thing to say or just do that. Or trying to ask, act like you're, you're, you're asking smart questions. That's because again, <laughs> as we said in the lab, that makes it about us, the agents. I usually say when I take buyers out, you know, I'm going to ask you the same questions. You're going to get tired of it. What did you like? What didn't you like? That's really all I need to know. You know, how did it feel? And they'll tell you what they liked, what they didn't like. And then you're able to, you know, go on to the next one, say the same thing. And at the end of the day, you know, how did you rate them? What makes your short list? So we're not, telling them what they need to do, but we're helping them through the process and making it more efficient. So it's not a push. It's just an assist. Right. Exactly. I was reading something this morning. I think it was either an article or a video on something too. And it was just talking about that same thing too. Just people always just looking for the right things to say, but we're here just to be, it's more of the best way to describe this is real estate agents that we talked about in the last podcast in terms of Zillow and the different things like that. If all you're doing as an agent is showing people property and finding properties, then you're offering nothing more beneficial than somebody going on their own and going to Zillow. It's not that hard to find properties at the end of the day. Of course, if you're looking for on market stuff, if it's off market stuff, then we do as agents have more of an insight because we talk to more people. We're engulfed in the scene. We talk to different agents. We know about things coming on. That's different. Right. And, and we'll take you on as a, as, a, as a buyer client. And if what you want are off-market listings, we'll find them for you. Those are a little bit different structured-wise from a, a, a fee standpoint because we would bring, take a retainer to do something like that. Um, but, you know, that's an option. If you want us to focus on things off-market, um, you know, reach out to us because we'll, we had we have we had somebody actually come through today right. that we're going to do that with. Um, this is this is this is a great story. He bought in the South End um, in the fifties, nineteen fifties, and he bought an entire brownstone for thirty two hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the rent goes for now. <laughs> I love hearing those stories. I mean, good for him. He's still here, and right. he's still looking to invest in real estate. Well, who wouldn't if you have that kind of return? I mean, that's phenomenal. That's why real estate is arguably the best investment you can make with your money, too. We were yeah. talking about that before we even started the episode about stocks and, and different things like that. And the thing is, with real estate, I, I personally, I, I'm younger, so I really haven't had too much time to build up capital enough to really diversify a portfolio of stocks and really get into that scene. But to me, stocks are just all over the place, and you're, and you're not really in control. Real estate you can see which I'm familiar with too from family owning real estate, of course, multifamily buildings is you can see it and you can actually have change and you can fix things in there and make it better and really see the project project come to fruition. In the stock market, you're just putting your money in there and then the company is doing all the stuff too. The CEOs, right. the advisors, they're making the decisions. Most of the times, 
unless you're doing some insider trade and some Gordon Gecko stuff, you don't know what's going on there. No, at least you have brick and mortar in real estate, and that's an income producing asset. So, right. um, you can you can, for the most part, ride out a market if you you know you give yourself the time. You can ride it out, um, and you can pay it off. It throws income, and you can sell it if you you know need to pay down some debt. It just gives you real estate investment gives you a lot of flexibility. Definitely. I was kind of, when I was talking before about um, listening, I was trying to think of something, but then I couldn't think of what I was going to say. It happens a lot, but... Um, You're too young for that. <laughs> <laughs> got a long ways to go, knock, <laughs> knock on wood. You got this beautiful table too, so this is definitely yeah. a nice piece of wood to knock on. But um, the post I was talking about, the article earlier was about, somebody said, will real estate agents be replaced by Zillow? And the answer was, yes, some will, but the ones that are offering more than just showing people listings, the ones that are, and the magic word here is advisors. We're not people that just show you houses. Again, we're not, that's so baseline. We're here to advise, represent you. Again, the mission statement. We're, we're here to negotiate, advocate, listen, really just advise is the best way to say it too. And advisors definitely, if you think about it in a council, like Game of Thrones and those TV shows, I love Game of Thrones. And it's just like, they have a, I was watching something else too, is and yeah. I've never seen Game of Thrones. It's, you have to, <laughs> I, I, the common thing too, everybody likes to say is, oh, I don't want to watch shows about dragons and g- goblins and whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I thought that too, honestly, I had to say, but my roommate was, you're not Phil was his name, was saying that this is not this. As he, he's had this conversation so many times. Anybody that asks about Game of Thrones says the same thing too. So if you've seen Game of Thrones, I'm going to have to watch it. People ask you, you have to, and the, but as soon as somebody says it's about dragons, it's like every Game of Thrones fan is just like, it's not about dra- just about dragons. There's so much more to it. <laughs> so offended. Yeah, right? But it, no, it's an awesome show. And the thing is, one of the characters, I like um, Davos, I believe it, his name was, but he was the advisor. Um, super funny, but smart person that was just there to advise on behalf of the king. Um, I forget exactly if I'm trying to remember it in my head. I think it's Jon Snow, he's an advisor. Um, it's so important to have somebody, especially if you're on the go, if you're looking for a piece of real estate and say you're, you're doing another business, you're, you don't have time to always be into the market. You need somebody there that's looking for you that you can bounce questions off. And real estate is a lot of the times, well, it's just like a lot of things is about time. Right. And it's about relationships. You know, right. deals get done based on relationships. So if you're, like we said last time, if your agent has good relationships with, with other agents in your area, you, you know, they trust that the deal is going to go seamlessly and um, you have a, you're able to manage your buyers or your clients. That goes a long way. Um, to your point about, is Zillow going to take over the market? I mean, this, uh, this industry is changing, so who knows where it's going to go. I don't see real estate agents... Uh, losing their jobs <laughs> right i think if any time if you know everyone thought oh i buyers well if any time there was to be i buyers it would have been during covid um and a lot of those guys went out of business so i don't it's too complicated of a transaction to not have a trusted advisor be a part of it um at least in the market that we cover i mean maybe in markets are different maybe if it's i don't know where it would be in texas or planned communities that could be right. a little different, but That's the city's a, yeah, a pretty dense and sophisticated market. And I can't imagine the city of Boston ever losing um, real estate agents as the primary source of where people go to get 
real estate deals done. Right. No, I agree. I think it's more in terms of they were saying uh, lose some people that were just real estate agents that were maybe part-time and just doing this oh, when yeah. the market's hot and stuff like that. But agents that are just simply just doing, um, kind of talking about the ones that just don't go above and above, um, beyond. It's more of like us. We like to think about it as we do more than just your standard. We have to adapt to anything that like COVID comes. We have to adapt and, and anything in life. You have to adapt to the situation. You can't always, you're not always going to know the right answer. You're not always going right. to know what to do, but you be, must be able to adapt, research it, find out you don't know something. Don't lie about it. I'll find out the answer, whatever it is. And fatigue is real. Fatigue is real right now with buyers. You know, um, it's, it's, it's a tough place to win. You know, you all, it, it doesn't matter if there's 15 offers in or six offers in or, or two offers in. Yep. If it's more than one, you're in a competitive bidding situation and it gets crazy. Oh, yeah. And, it's really hard to, we just, I lost one uh, last week and it ended up going, um, a hundred, a hundred thousand dollars over the ask price. Crazy. Even the agent was like, Oh my God, I, <laughs> I actually felt guilty right. <laughs> accepting that offer. It's crazy. Um, but that's, that's what it's like out there. So I feel, I feel bad for buyers. It's, Same. it's an exhausting process. And that's also going to remove some agents from the business because it's a lot harder to get Offers accepted. Indeed. That was definitely, and we, f- we talked about a little bit last episode too, but not always looking for the objection, trying to solve their objection. The thing is understanding we're listening to the buyers and we talked about it earlier too. Like they, somebody just lost on a property. They're, they're trying hard. All of a sudden waiving contingencies, buyers weren't familiar with this kind of thing or most common buyers that aren't really too invested in real estate, no real estate too much. As soon as you see, 50k over ass 100k over ass they get overwhelmed and waiving right. home inspections too especially in older buildings and stuff like that that can be nervous to some people but is there anything that and of course we're not lying if somebody says that to us of course we get it we can put yourself we, we put yourself in but the we have workarounds shoes. like we said we're not going to we do set it publicly because we need to protect our clients and yes. we have some good strategies as far as getting around those things and not making having the buyers be protected and still having a very clean offer. Um, but it's, it's, it's definitely a challenge. We tell a lot of people, um, you know, you got to look at it a little bit differently. We can't all of a sudden, you know, wave a magic wand and have more inventory and all of a sudden you're not in a, a competitive situation. But what you can do, a lot of people will come in and say, oh, you know, God, why has that been on for two weeks? I mean, two weeks <laughs> is nothing. <laughs> two in, weeks. In, a, in a normal market, in a normal market, a national absorption rate is about six months before it turns to be um, a buyer's market. And we're nowhere near, I, I've never been in that market in Boston. Um, we're probably like 30 days of inventory right now. But you know what? One thing I can tell you as a, as a, as a buyer uh, um, tip don't be afraid to look at these things that have been on the market for longer because you have an opportunity. So you got to change your mindset a bit. Go after something. Go Have your agent take you out on everything that's been on the market for, you know, over 30, 40, 60 days and look at it because those sellers are probably wondering, what the heck's going on? Everything's selling so quickly. Where's my, where's my offer? Well, you go in. You're not going to have the competition. And then you can offer a little bit less and make the fixes and repairs that you want. The biggest thing right now Get a seat at the table. Interest rates are so low, and you want to start building your equity. So now isn't the time to look for everything that's perfect because everyone's looking for something that's perfect. Right. People, it's amazing to me over these last probably 10 years, 
People don't even want to change paint colors. <laughs> I was the exact opposite. I like to go into something and, and put yeah. my own stamp on it. Same. But you know what? People would pay, you know, $50,000 more and just have it be turnkey. And I get that. People are busy and right. they're paying, yep. you know, really high dollar per square foot. But um, so you have to work with what we have. And that's one way to work it is to go in and, and actually look at things that have been on longer. So you're not in a competitive situation and then offer something that will accommodate the improvements that you need to make right off the bat. Absolutely. I think that that is like one of the best in anything too. It's, it could be the simplest things too. People just pass over for whatever reason and then leaves it with no competition. You can go in there and maybe there isn't not even anything wrong. Maybe it was just like overlooked for some reason right. too. There's are outliers. Could have been too. overpriced. Could have been anything. Could have been, they put it on, you know, earlier in COVID and it sat for a bit. Right. Um, and then sellers, sellers, you got to make your place perfect. It's hard to live like that, but um, you've got to make sure that it looks like it's, you know, staged and not really lived in. Um, you know, yeah. everything has to be, you don't have to, if you, I mean, you don't have to necessarily go and do a major renovation to it, but tighten everything up, you know, little things like make sure all the doorknobs are the same. You know, if you're in doubt, you know, do a matte black. <laughs> There you go. Make sure your, your light switch, all, all that stuff so that it's very pleasing to the eye and there's no distractions. Because once there's one distraction, something as little as mi mismatched outlets or light switches, it makes people start to think, what else, what, else is, what else am I not seeing if they didn't think to fix this? So little things can go a long way. Absolutely. And that's just not... Contrary, because it's like people think that the market's so hot, sellers are just like so far over asked, oh, we don't need to do anything to the house, but it's, well, if you could just do a little bit more to the house and you can get that much more for your house if you're a seller, then why not do it? It's the same thing anything. Like you could be in shape and could be like, oh, I'm in, I'm in good shape, but are you really where you want to be? Are you, you could be in great shape though. Mm -hmm. Same thing with like the 75 hard, you could do this or you cannot, but it's, it's really just, are you not going to take advantage of that? If it's just simple things like that, I get the point. Hey, the market's hot. We can sell our house right now and get top dollar. We don't have to do too much, but, but don't get entitled. That's entitlement. Yes. You know, it's like, mm, 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 mm. that's going to kick you in the butt. It's like Zillow. The, uh, no, no shame on Zillow. It's just like the most common thing that people say. Most common one, the truly a Zillow apartments, home, home find or whatever it is. Um, they have the offer. Zill offers where they buy your home for cash. I think it is sometimes or, or different things like that. But the funniest thing is, and I don't get to some people were just like, uh, I was saying, Oh wow, Zillow, this is so great. Like the cash for homes and this different things like that. And they gave me like what, what I paid for my house and stuff like that. Um, in terms of an offer, it's a really good, good offer, but who's deciding the value of your home? Zillow is it's the <laughs> estimate that's doing. So the people that are buying your house are telling you how much your house is worth. Yeah. It's, Hey, you know what? It's a good pitch. And yeah. if somebody believes that they believe it. But yeah, uh, so if you're listening, don't have Zillow buy your house. Have an yeah. agent come out, put it on the market, expose it, see what uh, see what the market will bear. As we as we said last time, and we'll probably continue to repeat it, um, real estate's a commodity. It trades, so make sure you have a good agent who can bring the emotional component to that and some creative flair and uh, have open houses like we had today at 96 Pembroke. I know today was... Today was a good day. It's good to see. Yeah. I think that pretty much covers everything for this episode. Anything else you want to say, Lisa? I don't know. I think that's it. We hope that you enjoyed this. Please feel free to reach out with any comments. Um, obviously, if you're looking to buy or sell, we'd love to, uh, to consult and advise. 
And um, to all your mothers out there, happy Mother's Day. Take care, guys.